Welcome to the Amplify to 7 Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of 7-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. Welcome to the Amplify to 7 Figures podcast. Today's guest is an amazing human being who I have actually had the pleasure of working with for the last few months. He and his wife, Chelsea, started as wedding videographers traveling around the country capturing people's special day. And then after, they wanted to find something that they could create passive income while they had a newborn baby. And then they ventured into the world of Amazon FBA. Within a year or two, they'd launched a six-figure plus brand. And then they decided they wanted to help other new parents who were going through the same struggles that they were going through, and they decided to help stay-at-home mums. Grown a community of over 10,000 rainmakers in the process, they've since grown their Rainmaker Academy to over seven figures using challenges and have helped thousands of mums start and scale their own six-figure side hustle during that time. Please give a warm welcome to one-third of the Rainmaker family, Stephen Diaz. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Hey, everybody. So excited to be here. Love it. Love it, Stephen. And, you know, we can have a slightly different conversation than we usually have, obviously, because I know the whole process that's going on as well. So first, first, we really want to talk about community because uh, and when I'm talking about community and not on about the app community, even though I know you use that for texting, uh, we're talking about how have you built a community of 10,000 people, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen your community arrive at your house yeah. <laughs> with surprise gifts and say, <laughs> Hey, we love you in Chelsea. We want to give you these gifts. How do you build such a strong community? Man. Yeah. Community has always been such a core part of Chelsea and I's life. You know, we in high, uh, I guess Chelsea was in high school. I was in college at the time. I think Chelsea pretended to be in college to get this job because you're supposed to be in college, but we worked as summer camp counselors at a, at a summer camp together. And actually I was the videographer, Chelsea was a counselor, but it was really there where we learned to just live in community and how life is just so much better when you have other people doing the same thing on the same mission. And uh, ever since then, and that's also when we learned we could work together and not like kill each other, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of where our photography and videography business was born out of that. But we always had that heart for how can we incorporate community into our lives? Like, and community is one of those things you kind of have to fight for a little bit, you know, because people want to be isolated. They want to be divided sometimes. And so sometimes community takes a, a real dedicated effort and kind of pushing. But the cool thing is the culture of community, once you once you cultivate it, right, it kind of grows itself. And so that's what we've done with Rainmakers is inside of our Facebook group, we kind of incentivize community a little bit at the beginning. You got to push it a little bit, right? But as it starts to grow, it becomes the, it becomes the culture in that group. Um, we're running this whole thing in a Facebook group and it just becomes like the natural way people act in that group, which is really cool. So at the beginning, you know, it definitely looked like pulling teeth a little bit. Like, you know, when we first did our first challenge, I think we had 200 people in the group mm-hmm. and I was messaging people personally, you know, like I always, uh, I kind of go back to the, you know, the 911 analogy, I guess over there, it's not 911, huh? Well, we, yeah, we got 999. Um, okay. We, 999. We like to wear out that nine button. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the analogy is like, if you, some, there's an emergency and you say, call 911 to a crowd of people, no one will call 911. You have mm. to tell one person 
um, hey, you, John, call 911, right? And same thing with getting testimonials or getting community built. Sometimes it takes reaching out to one person just to kind of kickstart it, right? So I would actually reach out like individually to people and say, hey, you know, in our group, uh, one of the first things we ask people to do is go live in the group. I know it's a little scary, but so is building a business. So this is their first chance to break fear off your life and step into boldness. Can you go live in the group? Just 30 seconds, introduce yourself, right? And so I'd ask one person that they'd be like, oh yeah, sure, Steven, I'll do it. And you know, we had some friends in the group when we first started. So we start with those people. And once that started happening and other people see other people going live in the group, um, it just snowballs. And uh, that's definitely a strategy we use a lot in our group is um, not allowing people to really hide behind their keyboards. We tell them to go live. We tell them, hey, you don't have to be polished. You don't have to have makeup on. You can be in your pajamas, but grab your phone and go live. And it's definitely kind of our culture in the group that people just grab their phones and they talk to their phones. And, and it feels weird at first for someone who's never done it, but it really connects people because you get to see their face, you get to see their lives, you get to see their kids, you know, and uh, it really builds community re- re- very fast. Um, the second thing we've done in that group is like, like I said, we incentivize community. So we really kind of uh, put it a part of the challenge. Like when they join our group, it's a challenge. We tell them, hey, this is a challenge. We're going to give you homework. So part of the challenge we say is don't be a silent observer. If you watch a video on Facebook that someone else took their phone out, took a risk, went live, and don't watch that video and not comment on it. Like, don't be a silent observer. Always leave a comment. Always let them know you're there for them, supporting them. So when you go live, the same thing happens. And so we had to like kind of push it and repeat it a little bit at the beginning, but now it's at the point where it just has kind of taken a life of its own. And we have people inside of that challenge group, which is more like our marketing group. And then it brings people into our back end mastermind. But we have people who are not paid in the challenge group every single day helping people because that's just the culture in the group and they love doing it. Yeah, I, I love all that. De- definitely amazing to have those Facebook groups. And something that we found when we we had a, a group of brides to be, you know, obviously coming from the wedding industry as well. When we had like, we found a turning point at 350 members where it went from us posting everything to members started to take control. Did did you find a tipping point where you were like, do you know what, at this point now, now people are starting to do that, that stuff themselves as opposed to you having to push everything along? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of that same point of like, you do have to push at the beginning. You got to create the culture. You got to like you know, hustle a little bit. But, you know, there is this tipping point where, it just takes a life of its own and the community feels itself and um, it it makes the whole thing less work for you, which is so cool. It's almost, I'm all about passive income, yeah. but I'm also like, let's do passive social media. Let's do passive customer support, right? Like without it being bad, but like how can you ingrain these things into your business so that people in your community, people in your business are have a heart to serve and help other people without you know um, being even on staff? Yeah, let's explore that a little bit around the the passive income. And when we say passive income, I don't think it's just the income part of it, right? Like what I've learned working with you is you are very passive in the way that you let people do their thing, right? You don't micromanage stuff. Were you always that way? Like, uh, and you know, you're a very humble and calm kind of guy. Have you always been that way or is that that a learned skill? Mm. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely part of my wiring to be a little bit more on the chill side, a little more passive, you know, as far as, um, you know, I try to not be as reactionary to things and really take a step back, breathe a little bit and use wisdom when responding to things when they come up. So um, I think it's it's a mix of, you know, it is more my personality, but also, you know, um, it is a learned skill because sometimes I think we can get in the way of ourselves, you know, mm. like when you just jump to like a, a reactionary response, you know, you get an email and, you know, someone's just, you know, laying out all the things wrong with the program or whatever, you know, they're just on a rant, you know, that first email you want to write is never a good email, you know? So I let it sit. I breathe a little bit. I usually give it a night, you know? And then I, uh, one thing that's really helped us in this last season is this concept of, you know, um, coming against something in opposite greater spirit. It sounds a little woo woo, but like, you know, um, all the darkness in the world couldn't overcome one candle, you know, like there's always like opposite, but greater, um, things that can just overpower, right? So like positivity always overcomes negativity. Love always overcomes hate. And so I always think about like, if someone's sending an email, um, I always kind of like look beyond the stuff of the email, let's say, this is just a specific example. And I kind of say, what's the spirit behind this email, you know? And if I can kind of, uh, like, let's say the email has a lot of lack language in it. It's like, I can't do this. I don't have enough time. I, you know, it's all these things. And I kind of asked myself, how could I come against that in this opposite greater spirit that's going to um, diffuse that, but also help the person choose something better, you know? And so that's been a skill that is, I've definitely developed over time. And it sometimes the responses, you know, don't look <laughs> like your normal responses, you know, like you, you don't read this in a business book or something, yeah. but you know, if someone's coming with hate and then you come with love, it's crazy. People are like, who is this person? Like, you know, and it changes people's lives. So I, that's been one thing just being, you know, if you, anyone listening to the show, if you feel like you are called to lead a community of people, that's such a valuable skill you can learn as a leader to not just be reactionary, um, but be a powerful person and, you know, um, lead with positivity, love, and all these things that really will overcome any negativity or any, you know, um, hate or anything that's trying to come against you. Uh, I, I love that. And, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to that kind of message, sometimes that gets portrayed in the wrong way, right? And people, like you say, it sounds almost a bit hippie-ish. It just, just give, give them love, man. But it's like, <laughs> it's true. It, it, it's so true because the, the question that a lot of people ask is, what would that person need need to believe in order to say that thing or to do that thing and yeah it goes goes across the board i'm sure you probably agree with that yeah so true yeah i Uh, remember um we you know sometimes we get like you know any type of you know program any type of investing in yourself right there is sometimes a period of fear or period of you know we call buyer's remorse or something and so you could just tell when someone joins a program you know a week or two later we get a string of emails, you know, and oh no, this thing in my life is happening or this external, a lot of times it's external, right? Yeah. Oh, my mom just did this and, you know, I have to, you know, it's all these things like outside of the person themselves. And I love in that moment sharing a story of my own because in 2018, I invested in myself, joined a mastermind type program, invested a lot of money, and I sent the same email 
like three weeks later. And so I literally send these people a screenshot and I say, you know what? Um, I totally get where you're at. I see what you're feeling. Um, but let me share a story with you. And I just share the story of how I emailed one of my coaches the same thing, like all this lack, all this, like, all this stuff is happening. And this guy challenged me and he, he sent me an audio message actually. He said, you know what? you know, what we do works. We know that it works. You can see all the testimonials here. So even if you're not passionate about it, just do the work for a short amount of time, get a return on your investment and then move on to something else you're more passionate about. And it really challenged me. And I actually did stay in that program. I actually did do the work and, you know, it did catapult us to the next level. And so I share that story with people because it relates down to like, you know, where they're at right there, but also inspires them that like, for me to truly love them, doesn't look like me letting them off the hook and making these excuses. It actually looks like me challenging them and saying, you know what, I see something better for you. Um, why don't you like stick with us, lean into this thing. Let's, let's figure this out together, you know? And that has really helped a lot of people stay with us and actually do get the results because I don't know, when you're trying to step into a new opportunity, you're trying to do something big. There's, there's some pushback sometimes. There's some weird stuff that comes up that wants to hold you back from, that breakthrough and having a coach, having a mentor who can just push you through that is so valuable. Yeah, anyone listening to this needs to really, you know, as much as you can take take that on board. That as well, we we don't have to fight against the other person. We just just give them the love, and then at the same time show them, hey, pretty much everyone who who's gone through this program has been through that that position as well so i I love that steven that's that's really really valuable stuff moving moving forward i want to talk a little bit about you you know you've got to seven figures alongside balancing this this work and and home life and you know having having your amazing little man kai as as well who who wanted to be be on the podcast just before we started as well (laughs) running in um so how how do you balance well firstly how do you balance that work life because like i see you working a lot right um Mm -hmm. and at the same time how do you balance that from a relationship level with chelsea you know because you're always together yeah Uh, do you fall out or you know yeah yeah that's a great great question and man i think entrepreneurship running a business with your spouse is like the greatest marriage counseling (laughs) because it really forces you to learn to communicate to learn to you know manage roles and so chelsea and i like thankfully have had a lot of experience with this because we did run this photography and videography business for years like it's been i think eight years of running that business And, you know, we started that business a year before we got married. So we don't really know anything different. You know, we always had a business together, Um, but there were ups and downs and we learned, I mean, I would say the most probably about communication. And so um, as far as balance goes though, I would say, you know, I I don't know. I I, kind of have a different opinion on balance and, you know, I feel like, and maybe I, I heard this from Myron Golden or something like that, but he was talking about, you know, it's not about balance, about seasons, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes, um, in business it's seasonal, right? There may be a hustle season and there may be a rest season, you know? And for us, Chelsea and I kind of know that, that sometimes we're in a hustle season where it's like, all right, we're going to push a little bit. We got a launch coming up, you know, I'm going to work a couple extra hours, but then after this thing, we're going to move into a rest season. We're going to go on a trip we're going to, you know, and so we kind of have more like 
seasonal, you know, summers and winters, as opposed to always trying to balance everything at once. Um, now in that, even in a hustle season, we do still have boundaries and things that protect our family. Like we're going to do dinner. We're going to, you know, have no phones at the dinner table, like, you know, kind of stuff like that. But, um, but it's just good to communicate what type of season you're in and also cast a future for a rest season, especially if you're in a hustle season, especially if your spouse is not in the business with you, that'd be a super key thing to communicate. It's like, Hey, Hey babe, I'm, I'm going to hustle from now till June. We're going to launch. And then after that, you know, a month after we're going to go on this big trip, we're going to like have a big old rest, you know, like have this like end in sight. Um, so that it doesn't feel like you're just hustling the rest of your life. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, instead of balance, focus on seasons and then just really communicate those seasons with each other so that you can protect that connection and, and stay, uh, stay connected throughout it. And I mean, the best part, and Paul, you probably agree with this, you know, about being an entrepreneur is you can really pick up and take off. Like, I think sometimes we, we like put all this stuff on ourselves and it feels like, Oh, I got to show up to work today, you know? But at the end of the day, really like I could cancel all my meetings today if I really wanted to, you know, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. And so sometimes you set yourself up as your own boss, but then you forget your own, your own boss. <laughs> and you like, you like let the calendar kind of manage you. Um, but you know, me and Chelsea do this all the time. Like we're going to do it right after this show. Like we're going to go get coffee. It's actually, we have a, we have a nanny who's just amazing. She's actually helped us in our business and today's her last day. So we're just taking the day to just like, we're going to get balloons and get coffee and order lunch and just, you know, have a good time with her and just celebrate her graduating, you know, working with us. And she actually launched her own, like, you know, you hang around us too long and she's <laughs> launching her own business. And like, we're like, okay, yeah, we, like we can't keep people here too long because they hear me talking all day and they're like, all right, I'm going to go change the world, launch a business. And so that's what she's doing. Do you think you find, I don't know if you find that a lot. I mean, I, I found that even with our team, like yeah. sometimes you don't even know what the people are working on. Uh, and it's like, oh yeah, I've got my own t-shirt business. I'm like, have you? <laughs> uh, um, and I, I saw uh, Akbar Sheikh as well. He said he had a uh, a, a VA yeah. um, a, and she was like, oh, can you send me an award as well? I've done a hundred thousand dollars. And he was like, yeah, what? So, so do you <laughs> find that happens a lot when it, because of the whole, you become the five people you surround yourself with? Yeah. Yeah. No, very, it's very true. It's, it's almost entrepreneurship is almost contagious, you know, mm. and you know, for you listening to the show, like you're doing a great thing just by soaking in it, you know, the more you hang around people, um, and Paul has just multiple seven figure people on this show, the more you just like hang around that, the bigger your mindset gets. I, we were just at two conferences over the last couple of weeks. And man, I just like, every time I'm in that type of atmosphere, I'm just like, man, there's another level. There's the other levels that like, you know, I think if you're just sitting in your zoom room, all, all uh, quarantined, you know, like <laughs> you, if you're not talking to people, you're not growing. And, um, just being around other entrepreneurs who think a totally different way than you, it'll stretch you to be like, wow, there's, there's bigger opportunities. There's more for me to do. And, um, yeah, it's it's so powerful. I love it. Love it all. Love it all. I, and now what, one of the big things when we first started working together, you were like, hey, Paul, I want to make this challenge. We've been doing live challenges. We've done like, what was it? Four of them, I think, by then? Three or four? Yeah, we had done four. So you've done, done four at that point, And then you were like, we want to make it evergreen. Firstly, what made you want to make that shift to evergreen? And, and how's it been since? Mm. What's it been like? Yeah. 
Yeah, the challenge marketing model, man, it's been like a game changer for our business. And so we're on our, I think we've done six challenges now. Um, but at the time, yeah, we had done four, or maybe it was five, but um, live challenges, which are a lot of work, right? A lot of work, a lot of, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, um, which is awesome. But, you know, I always think about when there's a new-ish marketing method, I always look at other marketing methods, right? And so when you kind of look in the past of internet marketing, we, we see webinars. Webinars were like that thing. You know, webinars still do great. But like, you know, when you look at, okay, like I, I think I got this from Jason Fladlin. Um, Jason oh. Fladlin, I mean, genius guy. And I sat at one of his like round tables at ClickFunnels. You know, there's like 50 people trying to sit around this table and trying to like listen, throw their phone on the table and record. But he, he talked about, he said one thing that was like, oh, wow. You know, he's like, if funnels are the thing, like what you got to think, what's the next thing, you know, like what do funnels lead to? So he was always looking at the future of like, where does this go? If everyone's going to be into funnels over the next year or whatever, you know, where are these people going next, you know, and how can you be there? And so I kind of think that way with challenges because uh, like with webinars, you saw it with webinars, it was like live webinar, live webinar. And then what was next? evergreen webinar so mm -hmm. everyone tried to figure out how can we make this thing evergreen so i was like how could we do that with challenges i hadn't seen anyone do it with challenges i came to paul's like i don't even know how we could do this paul had some awesome ideas um but the idea is i mean it helps in so many ways one you're running ads you know uh challenges are super difficult to run ads to because you got a start date and an end date and you have like two weeks to to blast as much money on ads as you can, you know, leading up to a challenge. If you advertise a challenge too far out, like it just doesn't convert. So you have like a really short window. So that makes it really tricky. So when you go evergreen, now you can run ads all the time. You can get way more data. You can do way more split testing. Um, also the evergreen, uh, it can just be passive, right? I'm the passive <laughs> income guy. And so, I mean, it's so cool to know there's hundreds of people going through our challenge right now on autopilot in the background and they're still getting a high level of engagement and service. And that's some of the stuff. I mean, we could geek out on that, but Paul's really helped us think through like that customer journey and how we could stay connected with them. Because that was my fear going mm. evergreen was like, oh, I don't want to lose that like personal touch with me and Chelsea or the feeling of the community. And so we've done some really fun things to just over deliver in that area. So people still feel like we're holding their hand throughout the journey. Yeah, it's interesting what you say, you know, about feeling that personal connection. And uh, I think that's why a lot of people have held off with the Evergreen because they've related it to Evergreen webinars and thought that, well, Evergreen webinars, people pretend and try and pretend it's live and it's not. And people have seen through it. Well, like, yeah. I think the difference is maybe with your Evergreen is we haven't pretended that it's live. We've just yeah. created this experience where it feels more more live so that's that's great i'd also like to touch as well on the when we were in the live challenge talk about like how it got a little bit chaotic during <laughs> during the actual launch part so oh we, yeah. we everything that could go wrong went wrong so i want yeah. people to know that these are not always like so um are you okay sharing the kind of numbers that we did on that as well yeah yeah totally yeah so we did uh, we've done about done about a million dollars on that launch on that last live challenge right yeah 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 and it wasn't plain sailing what 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 were a couple of the things that didn't go so well <laughs> yeah i mean this is such a good conversation because you know any entrepreneur knows this and if you don't know this 
you're maybe, you know, you're going to know it, right? That there are going to be walls that come up, like, again, that try and hold you back from your breakthrough. And for some reason, this particular challenge, man, there was more walls than ever. It was like the website went down in the middle of the night. I'd be like about to go to sleep, you know? And then we had this little bot that would let us know if the website went down. It's like website went down. And I'm like, okay, luckily Paul's awake. And so me and him would hop on, uh, hop on zoom and rebuild the entire website in 30 minutes, you know, and we run so, at one o'clock in the morning, I think your yeah, time think and we it was just like at least twice throughout the process. And, yeah. um, but I mean, man, we, we really honed that thing in. Uh, but yeah, there was a Facebook ad account was going down. My payments weren't, there was like a weird glitch that week on Facebook payments weren't going through, even though there's adequate money on the card, they wouldn't go through. And when your payment doesn't go through the Facebook, they shut down every ad you have. So I was like constantly checking that. So it was, it was an odd thing. And we also, um, had recently, uh, had a price increase on our program as well. And so, you know, there was a little bit of uh, pushback in the community on that as far as, you know, people who had been with us for years and we're like, I'm saving up for this amount for the next challenge. Cause we do these challenges pretty consistently every four months or so, at least in the past. And so people were like, I'm ready to join at this price. And then we're like, well, actually we added a bunch of stuff to it. So now it's here. And so, um, that was a transition as well. So there's a lot of stuff, but yeah, it was still a seven figure challenge. I mean, um, not many people are running seven figure challenges and, and we've done four of them so far. And I think the thing that was the toughest is we knew the numbers were there, right? We, we, we knew that if we put this amount of dollars in, this amount of dollars was coming out and we, we knew it was yeah. going to be a great return and we couldn't spend quick enough <laughs> because they had, and so I think to rectify that, I think I, I just said, set up 10 ad accounts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we're, so now we've got 10 backup accounts just in case. So that that's one of the things, they have, you know, at that seven-figure level, you, you've always got to be thinking, well, what could go wrong? And if something does go wrong, over-engineer the mm -hmm. fact of making sure it can't go wrong more than once. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing I've really appreciated with you, Paul, you just know the numbers so well. And so it really at this level, it's a math game. It really yeah. is a math game. And we knew if we got X amount of people in the challenge, we're going to, we're going to have a million dollar challenge. And so that was all it was about. It was like, okay, how can we get this many people in the challenge? And I remember it was probably four or five days out from the challenge and we still wanted to spend probably a hundred thousand dollars more on Facebook, you know? And we kind of had this conversation with our, our ad team and just like, all right, how's this going to happen? You know? And, and they really pulled it through, you know, and, and we ran ads even a few days into the challenge, which was really helpful too. Cause there's some people come in late and they still can catch up. Mm -hmm. And, um, we finally hit that number. I was trying to get in the challenge. Cause I knew if we could get that number, 10% most likely would, would turn into back end, um, members with us. And we would hit those, those, those numbers. And, you know, I, it's, because we built this business the way we have, like we have coaches uh, on our team and they're all like family, you know, like these people have come through our community and we're supporting like families all over the world with our business. So like, I felt responsible to them. Like, I'm like, I need to get like X amount of people in our group so that they can have business. Like, I'm like, I need students for them to coach because like people are quitting their jobs, like to go full time with with our, you know, with Rainmakers and help us grow this thing. And I'm like, man, it's, it, you feel the weight sometimes of that. And like, uh, man, we need this thing to work. So, uh, it totally did. But yeah, it was, there were some, there were some scary moments. You got to have faith, you know, you got to faith that it's going to be good and that there's a proven, you know, system. We've done this over and over. We just gotta, gotta make it happen. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's it's so important like you say to know the numbers and to be because you've gone through that scaling process before you, you you knew you had the option to go and spend as much money as possible because you had faith and you got cash flow and mm-hmm. the, the difference between uh, and you you tell me your thoughts on this but i see the difference between the six and seven figure entrepreneur is a six figure entrepreneur is almost working launch to launch or almost okay cool we've made that money and now we're starting from scratch it's because you had those cash reserves you can kind of go just spend as much as you can i remember even saying just spend as yeah. much as you can I'd, <laughs> I, I, and uh, like maybe even to your own detriment even the first four <laughs> weeks of uh the evergreen you were like did we make any money <laughs> and i'm like man this guy great are you just trusting in the process yeah yeah and that's that's a learned skill for sure so if anyone's listening to this and you're like well, how do you like like our first challenge you guys like just to bring it back to 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 home base right like we spent two thousand dollars on ads for our first challenge and that at the time as a wedding business and just like we're not sure the challenge wasn't proven at that point right it was our first ex- like experiment with this challenge model we'd been hearing about two thousand dollars felt really scary two thousand dollars like wow like this is i feels like gambling throwing money on facebook two thousand yeah. dollars but we had about 200 people like i said come into that challenge and uh at the time i was doing all the coaching myself we didn't have a team and we had um 30 people join the back-end program and uh it produced sixty thousand dollars so two thousand spent on facebook sixty thousand on the back end so then you build some confidence up you're like all right the next time let's spend more let's let's do ten thousand which at the time again you know felt terrifying it was like wow ten thousand dollars on ads this is crazy right so you in entrepreneurship like this you build up um like kind of authority and confidence as you go so we spent 10 on that challenge we made a hundred thousand on the back end raised the price a little bit worked with a few more like uh 30 students instead of 20 um and it was a 3k program and then i did a special thing to because to, i hit 90k and i was like i did a special thing just to get it over a uh, hundred because i was like man 100k in a month like that was like we work for years in the wedding business to make over six figures you know like three years probably in before we made six figures and now we made it in a month i was like this is crazy and so we just kind of worked our way up from there the next challenge we i was planning to spend twenty thousand on ads um like just working our way up and uh on that one that's really where our funnel became self-liquidating which um means it was paying for itself it was paying for itself and not only that it was 2xing our money so like every dollar i was putting into facebook it was multiplying by two like i would put a dollar in i'd get two out on the front end usually you don't make money in these challenges till the back end you <laughs> yeah. know so i i remember i was i was actually with pedro who's like the challenge guy and we were out in nashville creating his his challenge um course and um i called chelsea and i was like every dollar we're putting in facebook is producing two dollars like we were planning on 20k but how much how much money can i spend on facebook you know like you know, like she's like as much as you know this credit card will hold you know basically so we ended up spending sixty five thousand dollars on facebook ads which produced 120k on the front end and that was our first million dollar challenge on the back end so um you build your confidence up here you know as you go so don't feel like you got to go spend five thousand dollars a day on facebook ads start small get some proven results and then build your confidence up and scale from there and and the fact that you know even now you've got you find when you do get to that scale point that you're not getting quite as big as the roi 
on, on the ads because you're reaching a, a wider, broader audience. And, mm-hmm. and plus when uh, iOS 14 updates uh, come out and yeah. things as well, causes a few more issues. But um, do, you, do you find that your confidence level is that high now with ads? It's just like, just going to spend whatever you need to spend. Well, as, as long as as long as I've got someone watching that, and is it the fact that you've got someone on your team now watching those numbers and knowing that everything's going to be all right, that you just go, just do what you need to do? Yeah, I mean, that's been super helpful. I mean, I ran all my own ads up until the challenge we worked with you on, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a big release of control, you know, because like, I was like, are you sure? Because in the, in the past, I actually did hire another ad agency at the very beginning of this business. And they ended up getting us banned off Facebook. They didn't know how to be compliant, like, and it caused a lot of headache. And so I was very protective of that ad account. I was like, I need to do it myself. And I think a lot of times, like you said, like six figure entrepreneurs, they fall into that mm-hmm. DIY mindset. Like I got to do everything myself and you do for a little bit, but, um, releasing that brought a lot of peace and, uh, just hiring someone who had proven results, who knew our audience, who was working with the similar, like kind of customer avatar that really helped. Um, but you know, there were those times, like, like I said, like a week out from the challenge, I was like, Oh shoot, I hope I hired the right person, but she totally showed up and, and, and nailed it. And, uh, and now it's so nice to be hands off and, and, and also have you Paul to kind of know our numbers and watch them. Cause you know, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't know. Oh wow. Like we're spending way too much money on YouTube when we should spend it more on Facebook. Like you, uh, it's, I always tell people now, like it's good to have it's good to have a nerd on your team, you know, like someone who, like, <laughs> you know, they got the, like, and I'm, I'm definitely like the nerd too. in in Chelsea and I's relationship, I love geeking out on the numbers. I love, gra- uh, you know, a good spreadsheet from yeah. time to time. But you need that person who, who is fired up around the numbers, likes to look at the stats, likes to split test. You need that person on your team because, um, if you don't, if you don't know your numbers, then you could be burning money without knowing it. Yeah, yeah, re- really important stuff there. And you th- do you think that's going to be one of the secrets to eight figures? Because you know that's that's obviously our goal together this year is is to get get you to doing eight figures. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen speaking to other seven figure entrepreneurs as well, and the ones who've got to eight, is it's all about the KPIs. Um, yeah. So do you think? Do you think? I, and that actually leads into my next question: Where do you think the next five years of marketing is heading? But also, where do you think it's heading for? for rainmakers yeah yeah i mean knowing your numbers is such a freeing thing when you know like man every click i get to my website is going to produce this much money you know or you know our average order value like is i think ours is like 165 170 on a 27 37 dollar product right like average order value when you start knowing those numbers it gives you a lot of creativity i remember reading Russell Brunson's uh, Traffic Secrets book, right? And he talks about once you know that number, you can have a lot of fun playing around where you can spend that number, right? Yeah. If we know we can spend up to a hundred plus dollars to get a customer, like where can we spend a hundred dollars? There's so many places. And it opens up like all these fun advertising and JV opportunities that are beyond Facebook. I mean, if we pay a hundred dollars on Facebook, like what if we paid, you know, $50 in this other creative way, you know? And, um, it's, it's really fun when you know those numbers, cause you can really have, you can play with it. You can just be like, all right, now it's a playground. We have a system that works. Now let's just figure out how to get more people into that system in creative ways. Mm, that's, that's really, really important. And, you know, some of the things that we've been talking about is like those JV kind of things where, 
the, the option to go and say, hey, you can have all the money from the front end because we know within 30 days people are going to make that money afterwards yeah. as well. So there's there's a lot of lot of good stuff going on there. Uh, so, Stephen, there's a really important question I want to ask you, and that is what do you want to be remembered for when you die? Mm. Wow. Yeah, man, I would say um, one of the things that fires me up the most is seeing people have financial breakthrough, you know? And uh, especially people who maybe have never had that in their family line, and they are the catalyst. They are the person who shifts that entire thing for generations. You know, all it takes is one person in your family, you, to shift your finances forever. You know, like the things we've stepped into even, you know, um, going from zero to multiple seven figures in our business, like it's like it's changed our baby's life before he even is old enough to know about it. You know, mm. like he'll never worry about money. Like that's crazy. And his kids will probably never worry about money, you know? And like, of course we're going to train him on money things and he's not going to be spoiled and privileged, but like, man, the power of just freeing people up is, is something I want to be known for. I want people when they get around me, like their lives financially are never the same. Um, but a reason I love finances too is because they bring out the heart, you know? And I think something me and Chelsea talk about a lot is, you know, when you talk about money, it really reveals people's hearts. And uh, when you lean into entrepreneurship, when you lean into building on your, your own business, who you become in the process of, of doing that mentally and just spiritually and emotionally, like those things are so valuable as well. So we love kind of entrepreneurship as a, um, as a front, so to say, um, to actually talk about the deeper things in people as well. So, uh, you know, you'll find this even in our challenge, like people join, Hey, make passive income on Amazon. And then day one of the challenge, I'm talking about suicide, you know, day, <laughs> day six of the challenge, I'm talking about racism. Like they don't sign up for that. That stuff doesn't sell on the front end. No. But when we're talking about like, if you want to build a foundation for this business, here's the stuff we need to talk about, you know, and th th it sounds totally backwards, I promise. But um, it really does work into this conversation and it, it takes people deeper, uh, which anchors it in their heart and actually allows them to get that result. Because when walls come up, they have a deeper why they've really like, they've really owned that they're going to step into this opportunity to become an entrepreneur and they're able to power through those walls. So, yeah. And that's that's a great way to, you know, really look at life in general and uh, having that why all the way through. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to guide, guide you, uh, and I'm really excited to see the next step of the journey uh, for Rainmakers and for you, Chelsea and Kai. So it's going to be phenomenal. What, what do you think, Stephen, is one quick win that people can use to amplify their business today? Ooh, one quick win, one quick win. Let's see. I mean, if you haven't tried a challenge, I would try a challenge. I mean, that for us was one of the catalysts. It was that plus really narrowing down our audience. So, okay, we're going to give you a two-part quick win because you might have to do one of these two things. Narrowing down our audience was super key because it allowed us to really serve a very specific type of person at a really high level. When you do that, it makes all your marketing easier. It makes your language, your copywriting easier because you're writing for that one specific person. Mm -hmm. So that was key for us. And then doing a challenge um, really took it to the next level because challenges, you're able to deliver crazy value in advance for people, build a ton of trust, build a lot of community. And the best part about challenge is it's a filter. 
It's a filter. It's like an application to work with you. And so people who get to the challenge, they're dream clients. The people who get to the challenge, like they are the people you want to work with. And sometimes like on a VSL or webinar, like those again are great, but sometimes they can bring in not the best of clients because it's just like, you only have so much time with them with a challenge, like all the bad, like fruit, so to say, like that it kind of like, it goes away in the first couple days, you know, like, um, I always tell people do something a little polarizing in the first few days, weed out those people you're not a good fit for, you know? And by the end of the challenge, everyone's like, who's still with you, they're bought in, they're ready to continue on because you've delivered massive value at a fraction of the price, you know, for them during that week. Awesome. Awesome advice there. So the key things is niche down to one particular avatar. And then secondly, go and run a challenge because it's going to filter out the the best possible people for you to work with going forward, which yep. is fantastic. Stephen, where can people find out more about you and the Rainmaker Challenge? Oh, man. Yeah, we just launched a podcast. You could check that out, the Rainmaker Family Show. And if you want to go through our challenge to see how all the all the the masterpiece that Paul has helped us build on the evergreen side of things I'd encourage us going through it just to just to see the magic happen that's the rainmakerchallenge.com fantastic so go to the rainmakerchallenge.com you've been listening to the amplify to seven figures podcast with me Paul Ace and my amazing guest Stephen Diaz remember amplify your business and amplify your life Thanks for listening to the Amplify to 7 Figures podcast. To access the show notes, episodes, and this month's giveaway, head over to www.amplifytosevenfigures.com. Remember, amplify your business, amplify, amplify your, your life. life.